Hello and welcome to the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast, a high vibe space where we talk about all things spirituality, manifestation, raising our vibrations and walking away from the manifestation block that is alcohol. Whether you're newly sober, sober curious or you've been sober for a long time, this is the place for you if you want to learn more about spirituality, manifestation and how letting go of alcohol can make you so much more powerful at manifesting. It's time to stop drinking, start living, raise our vibrations and step into our manifestation power. Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast. We are fast approaching December. How are you feeling about your sober curious journey, your alcohol free journey as we move into this festive season? I know that many people can find this time of year triggering, and I invite you to lean into the magic of Christmas this year without anaesthetizing it with alcohol because alcohol is an anesthetic and it anaesthetizes joy and euphoria just as much as it does some of those lower vibrational feelings and if you have got lower vibrational feelings coming up this December this Christmas then see this as an opportunity to to purge those to to let them come up for healing and release and if you would like any support with this at all please do get in touch i would love to support you i would love to guide you through your first magical alcohol free christmas i promise you it's so much more fun when you take out the vibe killer that is alcohol that's sold to us as something that makes us feel better when actually it doesn't it makes us feel worse um you are an expert at being alcohol free at Christmas because you were doing it when you were a child right it was the time when many people remember being the most excited about Christmas when we were children and we'd never tried alcohol then you're already an expert at this you've got this um, so if you'd like to get in contact for any coaching options, then do send me an email to thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk. And of course, Sober and Soulful, my six-week immersive alcohol-free course taking you through the neuroscience behind what happens when we drink and the spirituality, why alcohol is a manifestation block, how to get rid of this block and step into your spiritual power. All of those things in that course is coming out in January. 2nd of January is the day that the next round of Sober and Soulful kicks off. If you would like to get yourself a place on that course, please do send me an email. Again, thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk. And I really urge you, if you ever email me or contact me through my website, please, please, please check your junk um, emails because quite often my responses at the start end up going into junk. So do check your junk and make sure that you don't miss any of my responses because I would never not respond. I would never ignore you if you've you've reached out to me. So in this week's podcast, I am interviewing the lovely Persia Lawson, who is a relationship coach. Um, And if you have not found Persia Lawson online, I have linked her Uh, podcast, her website, her Instagram in the show notes. She is so cool. And if you are on a love manifestation journey, like many of us are, then you will find her content seriously helpful and inspiring. 
and healing, hopefully. So I really recommend that you go over to the show notes and check her out. Um, without further ado, um, we're going to move into Persia's interview because she has herself embarked on a sober curious journey and she's come on today to talk all about it and also to give us a little bit of insight as to um, manifesting love as well. So let's meet the lovely Persia. <laughs> Hello, Persia. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. It's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Uh, would you like to begin by introducing yourself and what you do to our listeners? Sure. So I'm Persia Lawson. I am a dating and relationship coach and I help uh, women who identify as sort of being high achieving or career focused. I help them get healthy, exciting, meaningful relationships that are a force for good and not drama. because my love life was a drama for the longest time. And today uh, it is not for the most part, which is great. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I, I help women through coaching. Uh, I'm an author, write books, got a podcast, uh, run events, do all sorts of things. And um, it still feels weird when I say this because I was an actor by trade for a long time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just, it, it's weird to find myself in this new vocation, but I, I love it. I'm very, very passionate about it. Amazing. And I know that so many of my listeners will be so interested to hear about this because I always say, really, you can boil manifestation themes down to two most popular categories. I'm not saying they're the only categories, but the two most popular categories are love and money. Mm. Um, and I know that you know, I, I'm definitely on a, a manifestation journey myself with love, and I'm, I'm sure many listeners are as well. So it's going to be really, really interesting to hear more about your views on this and also to bring it in line with um, alcohol-free manifestation. So I know you yourself are on um, a journey with this. Would you call it a sober curious journey? Like what kinds of labels do you use to describe? Yeah, well, it's firstly, like this is so unexpected of me because I I feel like this life chose me, at least for now. So yeah. what happened was I was um I'd had a podcast on my podcast called Love Is Coming, and I'd had an interview booked in for for quite a while. It was uh, like a PR company contacted me about this woman called Amanda Kuda, mm -hmm. who had a book coming out called Unbottled Potential, and it was essentially all about um giving up alcohol not because you know listen I'm speaking as the daughter of two drug addicts and alcoholics who've both been in rehab so I'm very au fait with addiction yeah. um, and I've had my own addictions you know around sex and love addiction but um I I basically found myself really resisting reading this book because her, her approach is about you know not giving up because you're an addict but because you know you're a high achiever and you want to you want to tap into your full potential and for me like that really resonated and I was on a holiday uh, in Italy with my husband and his family celebrating his parents 40th wedding anniversary and I was really resisting reading this book and we you know we were drinking a fair bit of wine we were eating a lot and then one morning towards the end I just something in me was like you need to read this book and I started reading it and it was really confronting and I just knew I need to to not drink for 30 days uh, for 90 days which yeah. at the time like I did eat a month last year because we did uh, me and my husband did the plant medicine ayahuasca in Costa Rica which was extremely confronting and amazing mm -hmm. yeah um but I just you know 
I think I told myself, oh, I don't need to, to do a longer stint than that. But actually there was some attachment there, like the comfort of a Friday night glass of wine. And my husband, he drinks, but we didn't like drinking together has not been a huge part of our relationship here and there, but it's not been a like a huge part compared to other relationships I've been in. Um, it was just, it's just like, you know, a glass of red in winter and a glass of rose in summer. That was my thing. Read this book, interviewed Amanda for the podcast on the day that was, I think it was, I've been doing it for a month by that point and I and here I am I think I'm like 78 days in and it's I'm not finding it hard and that honestly is the biggest surprise I'm like what's going on and the day the 90th day which is in less than two weeks so interesting I'm so glad that we've got this recorded so I can watch it in the future or listen to it in the future but the day that's day 90 my brother-in-law is due to have his baby his girlfriend and so of course that's a day we've got a lovely bottle of champagne that I was given that's actually been sitting in my in our pantry for like probably about eight months at this point and of course I'd be like right champagne and and I just don't I don't know (laughs) I'm like my identity is so confused by like what's going on I don't really have the desire that I had um so we will see I I'm not saying any definites I don't know what's going to happen beyond 90 days but I was very clear I'm going to do 90 days we'll see what happens around Christmas but one thing I know for sure my relationship with alcohol is completely different like I I kind of feel like I've seen things and I've learned things and I've seen myself in a different way that I can never unsee this does that make sense I hear you and actually this is so helpful for listeners listening to you at this point in your journey because this is a really really common thing that happens is we we have a mindset shift around alcohol um because we, we might have read a book or worked with a coach who's helped us to see it differently um we discover oh I feel amazing this is so much easier than I thought but then we have that kind of quandary of you know am I going to keep going past the 90 days Mm. and you know what there's no right or wrong answer because I believe that in like a manifestation journey uh sometimes we need to run back into the flames and just check Mm. and get burnt one more time um and also everyone's journey looks completely different but I always think of alcohol like the toxic ex Mm. um you know you you know that he's bad for you and you break up with him and you feel so much better And then 90 days later, you're like, oh, you know, like maybe this time. And, um, you know, we've all had that best friend who's got really angry at us and cross with us when we've done that. But you know what? Sometimes you just need to run back into the fire and get burnt and be like, no, now I really remember why why I broke up with him. And there's some more learning to take. So um, I'm not saying, you know, everyone who gets to 90 days, you should drink again. But I think it's a helpful reframe when we... Um, because I know I kind of um, put myself down and shame myself for going back and forth for a while uh, and it was a really important part of my learning process yeah. it got me to where I am and um, knowing exactly what I want and again I'm not saying everyone should not drink I mean I personally think life's better without alcohol but mm-hmm. um, it's about getting to a place where you have exactly what you want um, with alcohol and that you feel your absolute best for lots of people that means no drinking but you know everyone is slightly different so let's recap then in the last is it 70 do you say 78 days I'm gonna tell you I've got an app I'm gonna tell you because okay. I actually really want to know the exact the exact number 78 days today so in the last 78 days talk us through the shifts that you have noticed 
I think one of the main things, and this is that this is the main reason to think when when I think about like having a drink around Christmas or something, which I don't actually feel like that. Ex- I thought I'd be like, oh yeah, can't wait to get there. Yeah. Or like can't wait to get to the end of the 90 days, which I don't feel, which is very surprising to me. Um, the idea of a hangover, even the thought of it, <laughs> makes me shake. Like <laughs> I can't bear that. Yeah. And so that's number one, is like I remember someone once saying to me when they got sober, like, I didn't know how well I could feel. And I want to be really clear. It is not to say that in the last few months that like I've not been drinking, I've not had problems or think challenges. I absolutely have. And there's been moments where you think, oh God, like would just love a glass of wine to take the other. I haven't felt that that intensely. Yeah. Um, I certainly have in the past. But I I think what's been most interesting shift-wise is like is just this like seeing myself in a different context. And honestly, it's hilarious because seeing my, some of my friends' faces, <laughs> they're like, what, why? Like they can't, and I know because I've been that friend yeah. where when your friends that often will have a drink, you know, often you'll have a glass of wine together, doesn't, it can then make you feel quite self-conscious about yourself. Yeah, it could be quite confronting, can't it? It can, it's yeah. On what you're doing, yeah. Exactly. Um, and I've been very aware of like, not like whilst I want to share my own experience and truth and like, yeah, do you know what? I feel really good. And it's been easier than I thought. I do not want to shame anyone who is yeah. drinking because at the end of the day, we live in a culture, like it is, especially in the UK, it's fucking crazy. Like how much it is normalized, yeah. how much, you know, you go, you, you think about a packet of fags, it's got a big like limp willy on it or like <laughs> like you know like it's just not pretty pictures yeah. and then you put like alcohol in the supermarket or at a you know bar and it's so beautifully presented and yet we know the statistics that alcohol is like the most deadly that alcohol is the worst for your brain out of all of the drugs including heroin mm. that's quite scary but but you know alcohol makes a lot of money let's be honest so I feel like I've really unplugged from what they call you know the alcohol matrix and you see how prevalent it is in everything in the UK we drink when we're down we drink when we're up we drink we there's a like any reason we will drink you know and so it's been interesting to to sort of unplug from that um and and also just like weekends like my relationship with time on a weekend is very different because I, I think even if you don't realize you're doing it, when you've got like a big birthday, someone's birthday or a big night out, it's like you you see the next day and you just think, oh, I'm going to have a, a lazy day that day. Whereas when you're not really, like you, you really like, and I have to watch myself from not overstuffing my weekends, which I can definitely do as well because I yeah. need more time to rest. But your, so your weekends feel very different you yeah. feel like I honestly on Sunday I felt like such a smug wanker uh, me and my friend Jono went for like 9 30 yoga class mm-hmm. and then like a, a you know an ice bath and steam and a sauna and then that. like came out and I was just like ah, like felt so great and that was really yeah that was it, it you know I love it I also would say I've had to watch myself um when I thought, oh, I wonder if people think I'm less fun or I wonder if I think I'm less fun because of course alcohol, look, it it breaks down your in- inhibitions. Like that, there are, there is, a, look, let's put it this way. There's a reason people drink. Like there are some very short-term big positives with alcohol, but I guess that you get, I've been exploring like 
are those short-term benefits worth the not even long-term next morning consequences that come with it and that's a really interesting point that you've just brought up there and this is one of the first things I look at with clients um, because there is a everyone has a reason why they've been drinking even if it's been making them feel miserable and that's because we, we attach benefit to drinking although I'm going to challenge that those benefits are real I I think those benefits are all cultural brainwashing mm. they've been perpetuated by big alcohol and the media so for example um that we need alcohol to break down our inhibitions i agree it does um mm. and it's um something that we use to medicate um a lack of self-confidence perhaps or a bit of social anxiety mm. however when we continue to feed our social anxiety but with alcohol we're continuing to feed our subconscious the message i cannot socialize without this and that actually makes us less and less and less and less confident, especially when we then make a dick out of ourselves and feel really yeah. embarrassed. Whereas um, what I found in sobriety is that every single time I go out without alcohol and realize I've just made a joke and everyone laughed and I'm having a great time and, oh, everyone, like I'm getting on really well with people. I've made some new friends. You're genuinely building confidence. Yeah. No one can take that away from you. And it builds and it builds and it builds. And the wonderful thing is every time we then turn up to a night out, you think, I, I, I don't need anything. I have all the resources within me that I need yeah. to have a lovely time. Um, and the other thing that I'd like to suggest to you, this might be helpful as you move through Christmas, is alcohol contains zero GABA, which is our relaxation system, zero serotonin, zero dopamine, zero endorphins. It presses the button on your own inner vending machine, but your your brain made all of those neurochemicals. And you can stimulate your inner pharmacy through loads of different ways. Now, when we synthetically stimulate it with alcohol and other drugs, obviously we get a downward backlash. We, um, our brain overcompensates and releases adrenaline and cortisol to try and bring us back into balance. But when we organically stimulate our inner pharmacy through um, our mindset, um, you know, getting excited about things, jumping on the dance floor or exercising, all sorts of things, there's no backlash. Mm. Just feel good. Mm -hmm. mm. The other thing to bear in mind is that alcohol is a crude anesthetic, which is why we've been trained to turn to it, you know, when we're feeling not so good. But when we're having a great time, something that I always invite people to ask themselves when we really want to celebrate, oh, I feel so happy, I want a glass of champagne, is to ask yourself, do I do I really want to anesthetize this feeling? Because yeah. that's what I'll do. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, I love, there's so much I love that you said there. I love the inner pharmacy. Yeah. And you know what? I got all those tools because I bloody teach them. You know, I know how to do it. And, you know, for me, breath work, you want to feel high, fucking do a bit of breath work. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it's <laughs> intense. Um, But I love that you shared that. It's interesting because, of course, the first week when I, it was like, I know I have to do this and I know I have to do this immediately. Of course, I had a wedding that same week. Oh, how did that go? Oh, do you know what? It actually was amazing. I was so proud of myself because turning down a cold glass of lovely champagne, that I was like, if I can get through that bit. And I did. And I and exactly what you said, like, I felt so confident. And my husband actually got really, the only time I often see my husband really drunk is at weddings because he doesn't drink wine unless it's at a wedding. And it's just his party trick. It, it, thank God he wasn't really drunk at ours. I've got hair in my mouth. Um, but when I saw him the next day, so hungover. <laughs> 
I would again smug as hell. Um, and I just, you know, I I dance downstairs, and then because they, I think when you're not drinking, there definitely comes a point where you're like, when you're done, you're done. Yeah. Which is a good thing because I think otherwise you can stay out way later when you're, you know, you're only having fun because you're drunk and it is it fun? You don't remember it. Yeah. But when I was done, I was done and I went up to the bedroom and I just like found myself because I could hear the music still and they put on a banger and I would like, you know, I was ready for bed at this point. I was like, I can't be able to get back down. I didn't really know many people. So I was, you know, I was just like, I want to enjoy this hotel room. Um, yeah. And I was just dancing on the bed naked, having a bloody whale of a time. And, like, <laughs> and, and that that felt really like right for me in that moment. Um, so yeah, I, it, it was extremely liberating and listen, I, I, again, I've been in this work for a long time, so I've had a lot of fun sober. I've done a lot of different things. I've got a lot of tools. Um, but I think there was just certain things that, you know, I would just associate, like you go to a wedding, there is free champagne. You're going to drink it. Like, it, do you know what I mean? I wouldn't even question it. I wouldn't even question it. Before. And it is um, hard when we do these things for the first time. And it's all social conditioning. And actually what, yeah. what we're craving is the ritual. We're craving the ritual. And we're craving that in this situation, like the luxury. My similar one was when I lived in Dubai, I had I manifested that I was able to fly business class on Emirates every time I came home because I, I wanted it for so long. And I finally worked out if I got this particular credit card and I paid for everything on it um, every month and then paid it off. I would get enough sky, I get Skywards miles so I could upgrade to business. So I was like living the dream, flying business class. But when I stopped drinking, that for me was the most like difficult thing because mm. it was the sheer decadence of getting on the plane and being handed a glass of champagne. Um, and it's the same with the wedding, isn't it? It's the it's this decadence, it's the it's the ritual. Um, so we all have to work through them. But what you're describing there is that actually it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. And there's so many lovely other aspects that you didn't have before. Like I love coming home at the end of the night and being completely with it and having that peaceful time of like, oh, what mm. am I going to do now? Put some music on or should I put, should I watch the end of that movie? Mm. Or like, maybe I'm going to do a bit of journaling. It's just so mm. nice to have that spare time that you wouldn't normally have right and I love that you spent it dancing naked on your bed <laughs> <laughs> why not I do actually have a question about this because yeah. not about that bit but I again parents are in you know AA all of that and so th that people can be quite divided on this like when you were talking about ritual mm. one thing I discovered at the wedding but a lot since mm. is I really enjoy a non-alcoholic like beer or gin or even and I tell you the best one is like um like sparkling rosy I think it's Naughties the brand oh yeah that's fab that it's really good it's like it like they have not got red wine or white wine down as far Ooh, as I've I heard. have discovered only well, I'll come back to that in a moment but I've literally two days ago discovered the wine but yeah. oh my god okay very excited about that <laughs> so so I've heard there's two camps some people say these are like more like the hard addicts and I yeah. get it that that you should like doing that you're kind of um it still becomes an obsession because I've definitely noticed like I really like, I won't have a lot but like I if I'm on a night out having a non-alcoholic beer I used to be an actor so I can like kid myself I'm a bit drunk and I feel like I'm part of it with everyone you know there's something because it tastes the same Ebo, um, we love the, huh? placebo, the, the, the placebo effect yes exactly yeah. but that's you accessing your inner pharmacy by the way it's like yeah. a little, a little uh, brain hack. But anyway, carry on. We'll yeah. Come so, yeah, I mean, that's all I was really going to say. It's just that um, I do understand that 
for some like why some people are like oh you're just replacing one thing with another and like you know the other side of it is yeah but I'm not a true alcoholic or addict in uh, in that sense mm. and and also I might have a few but I'm not having like eight because I know you know there's no point in having eight that's more liquid than I need you know so, I mean? very some very interesting and important questions that you're asking so number one everyone is unique and obviously if you try an alcohol free drink and you feel triggered to drink 100% don't do it again Mm-hmm. and only you know how you feel now and and on that note I have opinions about how I see addiction etc but I only really know what my own experience and people that I've spoken to and helped and things that I've read I don't know everything so mm-hmm. everyone we all need to have our own like self-sovereignty around this yeah. but if we if number one if you're drinking them and you don't feel triggered mm-hmm there is absolutely nothing wrong with them. They're not going to do you any harm. And lots of people say, oh, alcohol-free drinks are full of sugar. They've usually got much less sugar in than alcohol. Some of them very little sugar. Mm-hmm. Some of them have got some in. Um, secondly, I remember when I first stopped drinking, absolutely smashing back the alcohol-free drinks. And I remember my sister, sisters are our greatest critic. Well, they, mine is anyway. I love her dearly, but she's my greatest critic. I remember her shaving me and being like, mate, you're getting a bit obsessed with these alcohol-free drinks like what's that about <laughs> I was like leave me alone but you know what it wears off because it's not yeah. addictive it's it doesn't affect your neurochemistry in the same way that alcohol does so it's a great like habit filler uh, and I remember yeah. the first few months going a bit nuts on them and that and then I went I have not had any alcohol-free drinks hardly at all for ages mm-hmm. I just I've got loads in my house I just keep forgetting to drink them because mm-hmm. they're not addictive and you just don't need them after a while in the same way. Mm-hmm. So there's that. I also um, think that so much of the reason why people relapse or go back to drinking is because of this perception that we're missing out, that we can't have it, we're not allowed it, there's something wrong with us, everyone else can drink normally and we can't. And actually, mm-hmm. I don't think that's true. That's like, imagine if I said to you, oh you can't take your nicotine oh bless you yeah you you can't have it because you've got a nicotine like problem with your brain I can smoke but I can just take it or leave it because I don't have a problem you'd be like okay you're delusional because nicotine's really addictive so if you're smoking like every now and again like you've got a problem with nicotine like because you everyone who smokes nicotine gets on you're somewhere on the spectrum Mm -hmm. Everyone is on the spectrum with alcohol. In fact, alcohol is more addictive than nicotine. Mm. But some people, for whatever, for, for different like biological, neurological factors, um, trauma, all sorts of reasons, some people slide down that slope much, much, much quicker than others. Mm-hmm. Which is why they might find themselves going from like just trying their first drink to a few years later, saying, "I need to go to AA. This is out of control." Whereas mm-hmm. some people it might take a lot longer. Some people never get to that point. Um, but we we're all on that spectrum but um I think so much of the reason why we see like um alcohol as something that we can't live without is because of our tribal nature and our tribal nature is built around ceremony and ritual and and that's a part of our tribal identity and if you try and tell people they can't have that you are setting them up for failure and if you say, no, 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 you can have your tribal identity. You can have your Bucks Fizz on Christmas morning. You can have your Bucks Fizz on your wedding day. You can toast, um, you know, you can do everything. You can have, you can stand in that pub garden in the sun with your 
cold pint of lucky saint you can do it all you just it's just like going to mcdonald's and having a diet coke instead of a full fat Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden there's nothing to miss anymore yeah i completely agree with that i that's been my experience it's Mm. because i i know a trigger for me is feeling excluded yeah and it's a really big trick. I think it's trigger for all of us. I know for me, it's like that's caused me all sorts of shit over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that. And and actually, it's good to just hear that. You know what? This this like this is working for me right now. And we'll see. But we'll see what happens. But yeah, the ritual of like I'm gonna have um, I'm gonna have it's a, it's a hot day. I'm gonna have a nice cold beer. Um, and I actually did learn something very interesting from mm-hmm. a uh, professional ballet dancer. So they know everything when it comes to health and fitness oh yeah but apparently non-alcoholic beer is actually good for you isotonic ones yes oh what does that mean oh is that a different so um so isotonic basic this is not the scientific definition but they're basically really good at rehydrating you so some marathon runners drink isotonic alcohol-free beers afterwards erdinger is a good one Oh, well, that's the one I really like. Okay. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? Yeah, I'm glad we agree on this matter. (laughs) Very important. But it's it's so true. It's like, um, where's that saying? There's a saying that's like, crowd out, don't cut out. And it's like, if you, even if someone who was like, I want to cut down on alcohol, and on a night out, they just tried, just try having a non-alcoholic beer every night like just start there and then it's like lube yourself into the experience because that's better than doing nothing absolutely absolutely I actually get really annoyed when I go to the supermarket and I'm that I have to be not that I get ID'd I don't look that young but you know when you're at the self-service and someone has to come over and approve alcohol free Mm -hmm. and I feel very strongly in a country where teenagers feel peer pressure to drink shouldn't we be making it easy for 16 year olds to buy something that looks like alcohol so that people leave them alone at house parties Mm -hmm. so that they can surreptitiously drink an alcohol free beer i think we should be making that really easy for them to buy personally Mm. because they're going to be at those parties in those situations anyway um so that's I, i do feel very strongly about that but something else going back to our inner pharmacy um I tried this amazing wine. So there's, I live in Shrewsbury and I'm so, we're so lucky for alcohol free stuff here. There's a amazing off license called dry by choice, all alcohol free. And it had, they had a tasting like session. And I tried this wine called Zeno. Um, <laughs> Writing it down immediately. <laughs> it tasted so much like red wine. I was like, if I was in a restaurant, I would send that back and be like, I'm sorry, I I don't feel comfortable drinking that. I think that's got alcohol in it. It tasted so much like it. What's how do you spell that? And so Z-E-N-O, Zeno. They do a white wine as well, which is apparently very good. And and bubbles. And um, I am me and my friend, I was like, I feel a bit woozy. And she said, Oh my god, me too. But it's because my brain. Yeah. like just thought I was drinking alcohol and but again it's just proof that's my inner pharmacy my in my mm-hmm. brain thinks oh we're doing that thing let me press all those buttons for you but mm-hmm. then I could still get in my car I I didn't get a hangover um yeah it's just so cool do you feel like you're <laughs> cheating the system because I do when I drink a non-alcoholic beer I'm like I'm fucking the system over here I don't know why where that comes from but Rebellious. I just, do you know what I mean? Yes, the rebellion. <laughs> my inner matrix. I've won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I've won. I've actually, I'm winning here. So fuck you. I really do feel that. 
oh my god I'm very excited that's Christmas day so because that's the main thing is like I it's the you know I had a roast on Sunday and actually it wasn't really strong like as strong as I thought I would feel like oh I'm like the association of having a nice glass of red with mm. a roast dinner so I'm thinking of Christmas day that's the thing I feel yeah. I'd miss but there is and I don't know if it's maybe it is the the brand you just mentioned but I definitely um recently saw a brand an alcoholic free brands because so long I'm not remember the name but it's interesting because they said the reason alcohol free wine is often shit is because they, they basically take a not great wine anyway and then take the alcohol off, off it whereas this is the reverse where they're they're building it up from the base without alcohol so it's like does that make sense so oh, yeah so it's not a stripping it's not stripping it's creating yeah, yeah. so it doesn't because you know when you have some alcohol free wine it just tastes like something's missing totally agree with you um yeah this one is spookily if anyone is worried about being triggered and they're like on the fence I'd probably say don't try this one yeah. because it is so much like the real thing although alcohol-free beer maybe my palate yeah. changed but I think it's so similar I can't tell I could not oh, tell the difference God, nor can I um so yeah I I personally love it and the other thing is I well we all know how quickly alcohol lowers your vibrations because we've all had hangovers that is like such a low vibrational state and when I'm drinking an alcohol free drink I just feel like I've got this magical potion that is not going to lower my vibrations because I'm getting excited about drinking it my vibrations are going up and I'm like this is this is a life hack I get everything yes yes and I get to like the high vibe and the other thing about um drinking too many of them so number one so what so it doesn't really matter. Like if you drank too many lemonades on a night out, like ain't nobody going to die. Like it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, is that just like with non-addictive things, we can, we, it doesn't have the control over us. So I'll give you an example. When I was at my sister's wedding, she's alcohol free and I was smashing back the alcohol free drinks like I used to when I was drinking to the point where I completely forgot I wasn't drunk and I was like making inappropriate jokes and I was like oh my goodness what's happened I need to like come in full swing here my brain thinks I'm drunk but I find when I drink too many alcohol free drinks I cannot sleep I'm like quite wired Mm. I don't know if it's just because I'm overstimulated and then I've not knocked myself out um I don't know if it's because there's there's just a lot of calories or there's some chemicals in them but having done that a few times um I'm just like I just don't drink as many now because not sleeping is just miserable to me so yeah uh, really easily I was able to make the decision yeah I'm not going to do that again I'm just going to have like two beers and maybe one wine and then mm-hmm. and then I'll just have water mm-hmm. and I made the decision and then that was it whereas mm-hmm. when we were drinking it's not that easy you're just like mm, but I can't yeah d- come to drink three that's where it all goes when you're drinking booze drink three is where it all goes out the window I always remember my mum that my mum saying that when I was growing up um mm. but what you were saying about Shrewsbury um or you being really lucky with that booze free bar yeah booze free offie yeah. that's yeah. fucking genius right that like that there is like a well gap in the market's being filled but like they can fill it faster yeah. but we've got an amazing gin and tea bar in our village um and the guy that runs it is just a dude we've become really good friends 
but he like there's so many brilliant non-alcoholic drinks that again like he's an incredible cocktail maker so you get to go and feel that sense of occasion because I think that's what it comes back to it's like you said ritual ceremony the sense of occasion and you feel like I'm included in everyone here to like trying different yummy flavors and all of that and then when I'm done I'm not gonna be like oh shit it's like one in the morning like I'm like okay it's like 11 on a Friday I'm good I'm like I've had fun I'm going back home and then I'm gonna have a great day tomorrow it's just very grown up it's a (laughs) win-win and you know we've been told alcohol is what we need to relax but actually alcohol is the opposite of relaxing because you go home pump full of adrenaline and cortisol to try and counterbalance all the other stuff alcohol is doing we have a terrible sleep wake up hungover and actually your alcohol-free weekend that you described waking up going to yoga going to a spa now that is rela- relaxing, having a nice night's sleep and then doing that. And you know what? The first alcohol-free holiday I went on, I remember being like, oh, who knew? I remember being back in work and being like, this is the first time I've been on holiday and come back to work actually feeling rested instead of mm. feeling worse than before I left. Because usually mm. I'll drink so much. I'll be su- such a mess when I came back to work. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've um, ever had a similar experience yeah god I think we all have <laughs> I think we all have um oh you said something there that reminded me of something and now my brain has completely forgotten what it was yeah it's gone maybe it'll come back I'm gonna ask you a question now about um dating because lots of people listening will be manifesting partners and I know this is your speciality and I know that you're um, at the beginning of your sober journey and you are married but I wonder do you have any insights on sober dating or mm-hmm. yes I do and I've actually always um well talked about this for years and years and years even before I was taking a, a proper bo- a break from booze um I always suggest first date go sober keep it short and sweet one hour max Mm. go for a coffee go for a walk don't do anything that's a big time commitment because don't firstly like don't invest into someone until you at least know there's some semblance of like conversation flowing maybe a bit of chemistry whatever it is when we drink booze and I'm literally saying from my own experience there are so many people that I did not fancy. And then I was like, well, I'm on a date with them now. And we, we're at dinner. So I'm here for a while. Might as well get shit faced. And then sleeping with them at the end of the night. And then and then ending up in some like situationship with someone I didn't even fancy or didn't really click with. But booze. Yeah. And then you just drink because it's awkward between you because there's nothing really there. So you're just going out and getting shit faced. This was me back in the day. Um, so I would say that is one, like, honestly, the simplest sober tip, first date just do something that doesn't involve alcohol and and to make it easier on yourself don't do it at night meet up before lunch like oh let's go for like morning walk whatever if that person is and I've encountered this before and certainly clients have is really against that and they cannot they're not okay with meeting up with you for the first date sober for me that tells you all you need to know because it's like they don't feel confident and comfortable enough in themselves to meet up with like that is going to tell you everything about how that dynamic's going to go they might be like a little bit taken aback at first because not many people especially in the UK do that they might go oh okay I don't usually do that but yeah why not that's fine you know but if someone is hell-bent on not doing it and really like really adamant oh can we go to the public you know then for me that even before I was like trying not drinking that would give me really big alarm bells yeah because if you don't ha- if if you don't have a good connection sober, like 
then you've not got a solid foundation I you know you. and you're right it's I've definitely been in situations where you know when when we're drunk we can convince ourselves we fancy all manner of people just because they're giving us attention and then the next day you're like I really don't mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not fair on them either thinking about the, the big picture like nobody needs to waste their time on things that are not aligned yeah. So that's really, really helpful. Um, and so, and again, I know that you have are early on in your journey and you are married, but what are your reflections so far on general manifestations, um, general vibration, general synchronicity since you've been alcohol free? Oh God. Well, yeah, there's been a lot. Yeah. Like I actually started and, and, and Amanda Kuda, who I was telling you about who wrote that book mm. um she suggests this in a book and it's a really lovely practice is to put like I've made this my own but like I put in my phone notes like the month mm. and she calls it like nu- love nudges or nudges or something and um I think that the the kids these days are calling them shimmers like mm. moments of synchronicity or magic or like just those you know when you just have that burst of love or something like exciting happening or something positive, however big or small, mm. and just list them into your phone notes. And then you read them back at the end of the month. And it's really quite amazing yeah. to see. And like, I was getting so many, like particularly at the start, they talk about the pink cloud of yeah. um, when you first go sober. And I definitely experienced that. I'm a bit more normalized to it now, but um, yeah, I I was just get, having so many crazy synchronicities. Um, that were happening and and I just felt it was like the universe was like you know you're you're taking this big step and so we're going to really support you and give you all this magic um so that's been that's been really really amazing um and you know like you said it completely makes sense when you think about the fact that look alcohol is a poison it you know, we know we've all been hungover. We know how that like makes us feel. It is interesting that like many other drugs don't make you feel that bad. And yet alcohol is the one that it's okay to have. And in fact, you're encouraged to have. Yeah. Which and like all these other drugs are illegal. And I just I'm just like that that feels very interesting. It feels a bit wonky, doesn't it? Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, if we're gonna ascribe and I do completely um subscribe to this um ideology of you know the matrix so the system of ideologies that we live in that control us that keep us small that keep us out of our power alcohol really is just such a matrix trick isn't it um mm. i mean I, I don't know if you've ever read brave new world by aldous huxley i'm going to get mm. with the English teacher now but you know, they talk about the drug soma which everyone's given rations of to allow them to be part of the machine and to keep going and um pr- producing for society and i remember there was a bit in the book about somebody taking a soma holiday where they take so much soma that they just pass out for a week Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm like that's what they that's what we do with alcohol just to keep everyone in their box not thinking too much you know keep going to work and just keep quiet and you know i'm just like a bit done with feeling like i'm being controlled you know yeah it's so interesting i've been thinking and talking a lot about that idea with with my friend who who went sober this year Mm. um and she said, you know, they, they want to keep us sick and tired, and, but having enough like short term joy. So, you you know, you you feel like shit on the Sunday. I think I'm never drinking again. And then, you know, by the time Friday rolls around, it's like because you're just thinking of that short term, like that first glass of wine that, you know, goes down lovely and you're just feeling a bit whatever. And you're not playing it forward of like yeah. you're just thinking of like this short term. And then obviously it, you feel like shit the next day. Um, and I really agree with that. 
Mm. Like I've definitely felt more in my power and because I'm more clear, you know? Yeah. And actually talking about, um, you know, other drugs, um, Shaman Jurek, who wrote Spirit Hacking, I don't know if you've heard of him. I was reading this book when I put down my last Evergen and Tonic and he said, shamans um, will take all manner of um, mind altering drugs for spiritual reasons, but most of them will not touch alcohol. Yeah. Uh, because it, it it describes he it lowers your vibration so much that it makes you pray to lower vibrational spirits and um parasites he calls them and yeah i remember reading that chapter and just being like i've known this in my heart this you know you can just feel something but resonating in your body and i was like i know this is true why why am i drinking i just put it down mm. and that was the last one i ever had oh wow yeah. wow my, my last one is quite funny when i think about it i it was i didn't know it was going to be my last one because i probably wouldn't have ended with this um was a half a guinness uh at an italian festival not italian an irish festival in italy (laughs) so (laughs) random it's so random and i don't know like am i is that my last who knows i'm like one day at a time today i'm not gonna have a drink Mm. um we'll see where we are you know and maybe like what you said is there, there's a part of me probably my rebellious teenager that I think you know because I wasn't expecting to do this it, it sort of was thrust upon me really weirdly I don't know if there's a part of me that almost wants to just when I say this right now I feel like it's like a knowing that this is going to be a long-term thing but there's almost a part of me that needs to go to to you know like touch the stone. oh yeah it's hot yeah. that's do you know what I mean you I don't know so helpful um obviously we you don't have to agree to this now but I know so many people resonate with where you are in your journey and they'll probably be listening to this podcast because they're at a similar point. What would be really cool is in a few months, whatever you end up doing, whether you end up having an alcohol-free Christmas or whether you do dip your toe back in the water, mm-hmm. we need to kind of check back in and like see yeah. how you're feeling. We can kind of do like a, a bit of a live coaching, not live, but a podcast coaching session um, and, and celebrate whatever experiment yeah. you do as a part of your learning process. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Cause that's what it, it feels like. Mm. It feels like, you know, and this is when you're, as I'm sure many people listening are, I'm in a place where it's not like I've hit rock bottom. Like I've experienced rock bottom in other areas of my life. Alcohol. I've not mm. yet. Um, but I also know, come on, this is not in the bigger picture. This is not serving you. And you've now proved to yourself you can have fun going out without it. You bloody love alcohol-free booze and it's only going to keep getting better, especially now you've heard about this brilliant new wine. That's going <laughs> to be like, I, I've got like the, the rosé covered for summer and I got, you know, so those like those rituals, it's like, I don't know that I need it. Like, or not even need it, but like, I don't know. It's just, it's just so weird. I just was not expect, like if you told me this time last year, oh, you, you're going to be on a podcast about sobriety. I'd be like, come again. <laughs> I just, it's, I was like, just, it wasn't really on the agenda to look. Yeah, deep into. I hear you. And I think you're just at a lovely part of your journey. Something I really invite you to, to get curious about is there are lots of very spiritual people out there who are manifesting a lot of abundance mm. and success, who don't really talk about the fact that they don't drink because it's not their main mm. thing. But when you delve, you're like, oh yeah, they don't drink. Interesting. Yeah. Lacey Phillips is um someone that I really like following. She's a manifestation um person. 
and she doesn't really talk about alcohol very much at all because it's not her thing but she doesn't really drink you know mm-hmm. oh that kind of fits um so that's quite interesting um to just kind of toy with and, and that there are lots of quite successful entrepreneurs out there who don't drink at all mm-hmm. and just to find out why oh just because they realize that it's holding them back not because they have yeah. a quote, quote problem but they're just like no there's so much more to life than drinking yeah yeah well you know what I, I mean I've seen it from the other end of the spectrum with my parents when they got sober like the life that they've created for themselves mm-hmm. because they you know for them they were full-on addicts and they channeled all that addictive energy towards like so 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 for, for like full-on addicts it makes complete sense like how you could but but for someone who you know more like me just a bit I guess a bit more bog standard um with alcohol it just I guess it just makes sense because like you're not depleting yourself like of course your energy is going to be more high vibe more consistently if you're not taking something that is like I was I was thinking about this like if I told you like if we went out and we had a meal and you had some I don't know chicken and you were violently sick from it Mm -hmm. um and you were told like oh every time you eat that chicken you're probably going to feel like shit the next day you probably just wouldn't eat that chicken. Like you probably just wouldn't eat that thing if you yeah. know. In fact, we don't, you know, like people go, oh, I had prawns. I can't ever eat them again because I was like really sick. And we've all had like hangovers where you actually wanted to be dead. Yeah. And you might not drink for a while, but then you go back to it because that's what you do. That's just what you're conditioned to just, oh, that's just part of the it's crazy, thing. Isn't it? It, it, it doesn't make sense. And that's where the, what you were talking about, the brainwashing. I do think we are very brainwashed by our culture to to take in this thing and and like that that is really bad for us and you know I as I said I did ayahuasca last year like I'm uh in Netherlands I'm running a retreat with with a shaman that I work with and uh, it's a psilocybin retreat it's legal over in um Netherlands I think mushrooms are absolutely amazing and there is tremendous research and studies and from my own personal experience of how healing that can be um, and it's extremely confronting, as is ayahuasca. It's not easy um, to do that. But alcohol, I have yet to see a study where like, oh, you know, this group of people drank this alcohol and like their lives changed for the better forever. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of the reverse, isn't it? Yeah, it is so interesting that that is so encouraged. Uh, I've just realised that we have been nearly talking for an hour. I feel like I could carry on talking to you for another hour. Um, we're very, really, really aligned. I'm really enjoying this conversation. And I would definitely want you to come back if you're up for it and talk to us all about your next twists and turns in your alcohol, in your, in your, yeah, in your sober curious journey, if we call mm-hmm. it that. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we finish up, I am certain lots of people will be super interested if they don't already follow you to listen to your podcast and have a look at some of the awesome work that you do with helping people to manifest relationships. So where can people find you? Um, so the best place is probably Instagram at Persia Lawson because that's got my bio has got all my links. Um, my website is just persialawson.com. Mm. But the resources that I would definitely guide you towards, if you go on Amazon and you're on a desktop or, desktop or laptop, you can read the like part of my book for free. Mm. Um, my book is called Love is Coming. 
and definitely do that because that will talk to you a lot about manifesting relationships and it my approach is pretty different from from a lot of what is out there and hopefully it'll be a bit of a breath of fresh air to you um and as you mentioned Annika my podcast is also called love is coming um we actually recently got rated top three in the UK for dating relationships which is very exciting um so that's called love is coming that's you know podcast wherever you get your podcast apple spotify etc um the thing that i'm gonna invite people to do that they're really not gonna like but in the spirit of getting out of our outside of our comfort zones which feels very on point for this conversation um i have something called the love for leaders scorecard and again you can access that on my instagram at purge lawson in the bio and it's basically 40 questions um and these are they're mostly yes or no questions because otherwise everyone would just say maybe that you yeah. have to pick, make a decision are you more one or are you more the other um, yeah. and they're questions that basically ask you about the three stages um, that I talk about from like going from being unhappy in your love life to having a healthy exciting meaningful relationship the three phases are the first part is heal and that's really where you're healing your relationship with yourself because that sets the sort of bar and the tone for every other relationship you have in your life mm. then we move on to attract and that is all about how to like be better at dating um kind of like some like the skill set but also in like some more sort of deeper ways and and there's like a lot of spiritual stuff in there but in in a very digestible non-cringe way Mm -hmm. and then the last part is commit and that is like how you move from you know casual dating to a committed relationship with with someone that feels very aligned that you've got the same values or enough of the same values um and you know actually have a hope in hell of beating the 42% divorce rate that is a reality if if marriage is something important to you or if you want to have that long-term partnership so these questions sort of ask you around and link to those areas and then you get a score for each of the heal attract commit and then you get an overall score and it's really hard to see something like relationships and love we dating it all feels very wishy-washy and this kind of giving a statistic and seeing a number bringing some maths in can feel like oh especially as like usually that number tends to maybe not be as high as we want it to be but in the same again as with alcohol it's like once you have some clarity Mm. and you can kind of see things as they are even if they are not looking great right now that's when you can actually start making very small incremental shifts in a more positive direction Mm. um and you know we send you like a free but we send you loads of great free resources with that scorecard so that's the challenge I want to invite you to do because it's um it's it's hard it's confronting but I promise you you will get a lot you will learn a lot about yourself in just like five ten minutes that is super helpful I'm going to do that too uh thank you very much and yeah, I will put all of Persia's details in the show notes. Um, follow her. And yeah, I am. Um, I've already listened to your podcast. I can highly recommend Persia's podcast. And I'm looking forward to doing that quiz too. And thank you so much for coming on today. I've really, really enjoyed our chat. And hopefully I'll speak to you soon. Thanks so much. I've loved it. Thank you so much for listening to me today. If you would like to have a chance of winning a free one-to-one coaching session with me, then I'd love it if you could leave me a five-star review. All you need to do is take a screenshot of the review and send it to me at thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk and I would love to connect with you. If you would like to connect with me further and you'd like to download my free guide, then please go to my website and you can do that and you'll be added to my mail list. Or if you would just like to book in a free discovery call with me, then you can do so via my email address or through my website 
All of these links will be in the show notes. And I hope you have a wonderful, magical, sober week. And I will see you this time next week.